Hi, this is Steve Bogner, Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners, here with the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. With our incredible podcast team today, we have Amy Grubb, we have uh, Jarrett Pazahanek, Brandon Toombs, Luke Marson, Martin Gillette. Hey guys and gals, how are you doing? Hi everyone. Hi Steve. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. I was going to ask if everyone's having a good 2019 at this point. So far, so good? So far. (laughs) All right. So um, what I wanted to talk about on this podcast is a recent announcement just happened a couple days ago about uh, SAP's partnership with Kronos. And then I want us to talk about what we think customers should be on the lookout for in 2019. Um, You know, people who are evaluating, uh, taking on projects or in the middle of projects or anything like that. Um, so we'll get started with that and just a, a couple of reminders so people can find the podcast in case uh, uh, you're looking for it. It's on iTunes and it's on Google Play. Just search for SAP HCM Insights. And you can also go to the podcast homepage at insightcp.com insights. And um, you could like overdose on podcasts. We have 60 some podcasts now. So um, you could spend a lot of time, a lot of useful time listening to those. All right, so uh, let's get started with this. So um, regarding Kronos, so there was a, an announcement a day or two ago that uh, SAP has sort of expanded its partnership with Kronos. Um, kind of came, I think, as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, but I wanted us to talk about that a little bit. So Jarrett, can you give us a little more detail on uh, what that announcement was about and then uh, let's talk about you know what what it means for customers and uh, you know what we think people should keep a lookout for. Yeah, sure. So it it, it appears that uh, you know through that press release, and I think it came to a shock to a lot of people because for many years, Workforce Software was sort of the preferred partner of success factors, and I think they spent a lot more time on the integration with Workforce Software, and you know every account where it came down to. Uh, a Kronos or a workforce software decision, Success Factors was pushing workforce software. And I and Brandon and I have had some engagements with customers where where uh, we we recommended at the end, you know, the Kronos and workforce software each have their pros and cons, and a lot of it depends on what countries you're in and a lot of what type of business you are. But when it's when it comes out that it's a fairly equal decision, we, you know, we typically you recommend to support the partner that's the vendor is supporting because you assume that over time the integration is going to be tighter and they're going to follow in lockstep. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a surprise that that success factors did really what I consider almost a complete 180 um, this week where um, it was pretty clear that going forward the Salesforce is going to push Kronos workforce dimensions and not workforce software anymore. Yeah, um, so they're calling it uh, SAP time management by Kronos, right? That's sort of right. the, the official product, yeah. Right. So now, so the, the challenge here is time has been one of those areas that's been, um, uh, there's been a lot of changes in direction over the last several years. You know, maybe four or five years ago, there was talk that they would never build um, any type of time functionality at EC. And then they slowly started to roll out time off. And, and over the last couple of years, they've continued to to add and add time functionality. And, and I, I believe, and maybe Luke can correct me, but I believe it's included in the, in the license of Employee Central. So my first approach with the customers I've been at is to say, 
hey, why don't you look to see if EC time meets your needs? And if it's pretty close, you know, let's assume that the product's going to continue to evolve and, and you know, maybe work around the limitations. And then if it's not, look at what SAP is recommending, uh, mm-hmm. success factors in SAP, which up until, you know, January of this year was workforce software. So I think where where I've come where I've come out sort of publicly and said that that I think this is going to confuse customers even more because it was a confusing area to start with and now with the directional change and I think where this uh, where this leaves customers is you know what sales ultimately pushes drives a lot of demand out in the marketplace mm-hmm. and some of the statements from workforce software were pretty telling that Something has happened. There, it's just an abrupt 180. I would have personally almost liked to see Success Factor said we're going to support both options equally. So it was a bit telling the fact that um, that really they're only going to support Chronos moving forward. And um, and I've even heard from behind, you know, rumors, or, but with with some facts behind them, I should say that if uh, a salesperson needs to get a special exception to push push workforce software going forward. So there's there's been some form of falling out, and I think we've all seen back in the back in the day when they stopped pushing Nikisa, how uh, that really hurt Nikisa because they were really needing the SAP sales engine to get get into some of these accounts. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask a question though: the um, workforce is still a supported product, right? It's just um, not going to be the preferred product sold by SAP. Is that right? Right, that's, right. That's, that's how I understood the impression it. I get. Yeah. Yeah, that's the impression I get as well. And to be honest, it you know it, it probably has the tightest integration. You know, and, and one of my pet peeves is is in the press release it comes you know in the in the communication it's told that we will have seamless integration with Kronos. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they just signed the announcement. And so I mean, I look at I work on projects with Benefit Focus, and that's a six years old, and there's still not seamless integration with Benefit Focus with Employee Central Payroll. There's lots of issues there. Yeah. So the fact that they keep beating this drum of the seamless integration. I don't know who, who they're, you know, where who they think they're trying to fool. Really, we don't even see seamless integration within the success factor suite itself, and so to me, that's just one of those things where I'm a big fan, and I think a lot of people on this podcast are of under-promising, over-delivering. Uh, you know, uh, and and I think right now you start off from day one saying, hey, we're going to have seamless integration where. You know, this could be a year, could be two years out, which muddies the waters a little bit more because potentially workforce software might be the might be the best solution for customers in the interim. Yeah. So. so Luke, you're, you've done a lot, your company's done a lot with uh, workforce software solutions. And, you know, I've always had a, a good impression of, of the product and how it's worked out. So, I mean, how, how do you see this impacting, you know, customers and, and um, you know, the ones, not necessarily the ones who are live, but the ones who are trying to make a decision? Well, the workforce software Emp Center product is pretty solid. Um, we've, um, yeah, we've implemented, seen a lot of other customers implement it, and it's good. It works very well. It's very easy to use. I think some of the challenges that SAP have found um, stem back to the partner ecosystem who are mm-hmm. um, maybe have struggled a little bit. There's a couple of flagship partners that have done, from what I can tell, quite well. But there's a lot that um, I heard from SAP even this week have, uh, have struggled with any of the Solex implementations 
So that's uh, the solution extensions. So that's benefit focus, workforce software. Partners have struggled a little bit with implementing them. And I know from the experience that iServe have had that um, it's quite a technical solution to configure workforce software. There's a lot of coding and uh, JavaScripting and whatever in the back end. And that's typically not the type of skills that implementation partners have typically had mm. um, in the past. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in, in terms of how this is going to affect customers, if you're already live in workforce software, it's still going to be um, supported by SAP through SAP. So um, I don't think that's really going to have much of an impact. If you're already live and it's working, that should be as it is right now. If you are implementing, again, should make too much of a difference. If you're looking to go and buy a solution from SAP, um, you really from what I can tell, from what I've heard, I, I saw a statement from SAP that seemed to indicate that Kronos is going to be the only solution that's going to be put forward um, between that and workforce software. And mm -hmm. so for customers, I definitely would think that evaluating both makes sense because they are different solutions. Workforce software is, from what I know, a bit more of a mature solution in the market. And so there's, there may be some pros and cons to each of the solutions that customers should evaluate. Mm -hmm. And they should push their SAP sales executive to at least give them the chance to evaluate both solutions, mm -hmm. whether SAP position one or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, my stance also with really any third-party software. In, in my opinion, these partnerships that SAP has with different providers can be kind of Fickle. Um, and, you know, as you've seen, it's been workforce for a couple of years now, it's Kronos. So I, I wouldn't actually personally put a whole lot of stock in that. And also, um, you know, as you guys have pointed out that, um, you know, the integration isn't as good as it's sold, right? The, like you were saying, Luke, even with workforce, that's been, uh, you know, a partner for a number of years now. Implementing that integration still takes some work and it takes some technical work. And, you know, I've I've managed Kronos implementations integrated with SAP and Employee Central, and it's just never as um, straightforward and easy, even if they're even if you start with some packaged integration. So, um, you know, my advice to, to customers in light of this would be, you know, look at both products, even look at some more products. There's more time vendors out there, too. It's a it's a niche market with a lot of good niche players. Select the one that you think is right for you, because you're going to have integration work one way or another. Um, so that, that's that's my perspective on it, anyway. So, yeah, I have a, just a quick question back to Luke. Is you know, I think it's some great advice to be looking at two vendors or multiple vendors. I mean, to see which one fits your needs the best. But Luke, would you recommend that customers also include EC Time, given you know some of the um, some of the enhancements and innovation that product has had over the last couple of years as a starting point, and then I assume in that case you have quite a quite a few less integration challenges since it's built into Employee Central itself. Absolutely. In fact, I think what you mentioned earlier is probably the best approach. If I were a customer, I think they should first be looking at can EC time meet yeah. my requirement? And then if it if it can't, then look at these solution extensions because they have an additional licensing. EC time is included within your EC subscription, at least um, you know, at the time of writing. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
I definitely think Jarrett, Jarrett's right. They should look at what can the what can the included solution deliver. If it can't, then go and look and assess the others. I don't think all three should maybe be evaluated side by side because workforce software and Kronos are much richer solutions than the EC time management. Now, the EC time management is getting built out every quarter um, with a lot of new functionality, both for the absence management and the time recording aspects. But there are still some areas where it hasn't yet got up to par with what's needed for some of the more complex time management scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good points. Let me jump in first on the on the point of EC time and just where it's at. It's it, it definitely has come a long way, and I think that if you are an organization that has uh, primarily white collar and some simple uh, hourly people um, uh, type of requirements, then it, it works really well. Time, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing full time capture with time clocks, yeah, it's still probably not there yet. Um, but otherwise, you definitely should should give that a look at. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, as far as like the announcement itself, I, I just want to kind of dwell on it for a second, just to talk about um, the, kind of the, the uh, a, a continuous issue that we seem to be having with SAP success factors uh, around you know how they're announcing things with uh, without enough context and 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 then just uh, making it difficult yeah. for customers, particularly. You know, in cases like this, I mean, I, I sat in a meeting where the CEO of Success Factors was pushing um, uh, workforce software just, you know, a year and a half ago. And, um, you know, if I'm a customer where where that's been taking place, I'm going to be a little bit frustrated with Success Factors if the, all of a sudden um, in uh, a year and a half, uh, I'm I'm hearing that well, we're just actually going to go with with Chronos mm-hmm. now, and and that's totally fine. I understand there are probably reasons for that. Uh, I just wish that success factors would provide more context around why they're making the change, rather than just you know putting this out no context. Hey, we, you know we were pushing this other thing before. Now we're pushing. Um, now, and even in the original press release, it just talks about Chronos. It doesn't even talk about workforce solutions. Yeah, it left it, it up was in, in the air follow- for sure. Yeah. yeah, and it was a follow-up article where they right. finally say, well, yeah, we're actually not even pushing workforce solutions anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and it really is hard for customers because – and it is as well for, cons- uh, for consultants because we're out there on the front lines trying to help customers, trying to make five, six, seven-year bets. And when, when the – Everything changes, and it's even if there's a good reason for it, and they don't explain the context, it just kind of erodes um, uh, the trust that you have. Not the trust that like there's something dishonest going on, but just the trust that uh, what the messaging that we're getting today isn't going to change um, in, in short order. I just think that if your message is going to change, you need to be able to tell us why, and don't just assume that you can just put out a press release, no context, and everybody's going to be fine with it. Just a quick word. I, I agree uh, with most of what has been said, but perhaps rather than looking at all the challenges up front, also look at the opportunity to maybe uh, deploy functionality a bit faster. I'm, I'm currently deploying some major changes due to French law in France. Um, unfortunately, it's not uh, fully supported by ECP in full, so we have to maybe go faster and find solutions. So rather than writing codes, again, it's providing more options. But then I agree with Jared, it might bring more complexity for people to understand the pro and cons. And as always, we love SAP, but they might have been, you know, they might have been uh, 
looking at a better way to maybe communicate and uh, maybe challenge their account manager to get in touch with customers, etc. So not just drive sales, but also content the uh, current customer with what they have and what are their uh, options on the roadmap, etc. Yeah, yeah. Good points, good points. So let's talk about 2019 and, and what we would uh, advise customers to keep an eye on, right? Because there's you know, as we've just talked about with the Kronos and workforce uh, relationships, things are changing all the time. So uh, let's talk about 2019 and, and what we think uh, customers should be keeping an eye on. And so, so Jarrett, let's start with you. Let's, you know, what would you uh, advise people to uh, keep an eye out for 2019? Well, I think one of the things I'll uh, make a statement first is I'm getting old because I didn't even remember what I had said last year. So I had to go back and re-listen to the uh, podcast. Yeah, well, to, me uh, too. <laughs> so the two options, the two things I talked about last year, and one of the things I always like to go back to the last year to see, you know, how well we did on our predictions or our things that we were hoping for. And uh, sadly, some of the things that I was hoping for, I'm still hoping for. So my mm -hmm. two big items last year were the co-innovation program. Um, and there was still some hope at that point in time that success factors and SAP were going to listen to their SAP payroll customers and come up with some functionality that got, you know, 60 or 70 customers were looking for it, both on the SAP payroll side and the EC payroll side. And unfortunately, SAP decided not to invest in any of those areas. And also, in order to shut down the noise so that it wouldn't happen again, they took SAP payroll completely out of the co-innovation cycle this time around. So it's pretty much everything except SAP payroll. And, and that will lead me into my point number two, is that uh, the big item that I was hoping for, and I was, it was pretty, it looked like it was going to happen last year, was the announcement of, and I'm using my words, a next generation uh, payroll engine. Um, it's been it's been fairly telegraphed that something was coming. I've even seen some blogs recently from Daniela that does indicate that something is being developed or worked on. But um, SAP and Success Factors have went very dark on this topic, and 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 I, I feel one of the reasons they have is uh, ECP is an area of sales sales growth for them, and I think right now there's a real um, push inside the organization to meet the various sales numbers and ECP is a big ticket item. And so mm -hmm. to me, I think that they're, they're really worried that if they announce um, a next generation uh, payroll offering that's in the works, that it will shut down, rightfully so, some e ECP sales. And uh, my recommendation for customers is, is, is the same as last year, is if you're an SAP payroll customer, I think you really want to look long and hard and, and really make sure you have a sound business case to move to employee central payroll. There definitely are some scenarios out there. I know Luke has a couple customers that are moving. I have a customer that I'm working on that is moving from SAP payroll to ECP. So there are scenarios out there where it makes sense, but I'm also finding a lot of scenarios out there where sales is pushing ECP um, to SAP payroll customers. And really at the end of the day, there's not enough to justify a re-implementation and keep in mind that I have not seen very many software SIs out there that are actually have come up with creative solutions to make the move from SAP payroll to EC payroll uh, less painful for customers. Mm -hmm. um, there are some tools out there uh, that can do so, um, but I'm not seeing a lot of SIs use those because again, it's the wild west out there. So. Uh, combining a few things. So the big thing I would like to see for 2018 was is uh, I would like to see SAP uh, 
take a look at their partner ecosystem, see what partners are delivering for their customers and start to call the partners that are repeatedly uh, not doing, not bringing the value that they should. Because when customers look at partners, and I think you had a, you had a good um, podcast a while back on, you know, Raven Intel is out there right now and they're actually getting real information from from uh, customers as far as how their implementations are going. And what they're finding is in the HR technology has, has a lower score than the airlines, a lower score than cable TV, a, le- a net pr- promoter score. And so that just tells you there's, a, there's problems out there. And when you have a partner list of 200 SuccessFactors partners, it's tough to determine which ones are really gonna work with me, which ones are going to deliver. You know, which ones are have a reputation of shifting out staff and change ordering customers to death and being way over budget. And I think success factors has a lot of that information. I think they're just at times very scared to get rid of or remove a partnership that could potentially even bring in a minor amount of sales. And I think what I'm seeing is a cycle of customers not going live on time, not being referenceable. And, and that's hurting in the sales cycle. So I'm not sure that SAP and success factors always realize the damage that these poor partners are, are doing on their behalf. And, and they are in charge. It's not like the on-premise days where a customer could hire any consultant firm they wanted and give them the keys to their system. Success factors can control that now in their environment. And so to me, I'm hoping, and I've been hoping for this for many years, um, that that changes happen throughout the partner ecosystem, changes happen in certification, and ultimately I think those things will help more customer success, and it'll be a win-win for everyone, including success factors, and the good partners that really deliver for their customers, because they're having to compete in, in, with some of these um, SIs that, that aren't doing business the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um... Yeah, I went back to listen also, Jarrett, and the things that you mentioned that we were looking forward to just didn't happen. And yeah, so hopefully we'll hear more about this next-gen payroll and get some clarity on that. We'll see. And the the co-innovation, like you said, that just didn't work out, did it? It's too bad. It it didn't work out, and I hope Success Factors is reading some of your blogs as well, because I think you have some some really good insights on what the next generation payroll should look like. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, SAP has a lot of smart people and success factors within their organization, but I don't think that they always have a sense of what customers are feeling on the ground. And yeah. occasionally they try to bring customers engaged, but I'd like to see some engagement from some, some big some SIs that focus on payroll, uh, folks like yourself uh, and others, Mike Tim and other names come to mind that, it actually has a really good pulse on what customers are looking for. And so they don't design this product that day one is missing all this functionality that needs to be there day one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right, Brandon. All right. Yeah, so for 2019, uh, what um, first off, back to 2018, what my wish list items were, there, there were several, but one I'll, I'll just focus on because it kind of fits in my theme, is the transition off of the old 
uh, structure inside Employee Central to Metadata Framework, um, mm-hmm. which has a number of benefits. And unfortunately, this uh, isn't on the radar from what I could see, but hopefully uh, it will be uh, heading into 2020. But I, I guess my theme of what I would like to see from success factors is, uh, number one, just execute to the commitments they already have uh, on mm-hmm. the roadmap, just to make sure that we stick to those. Um, I think that there has been a lot of work in the last year, from what I could tell, um, building out and making sure that everything is on this SAP platform. So everything becomes SAP centric. So the Leonardo and the SAP HANA and all of that. So some re-architecture in order to make sure that everything that's that's being delivered kind of fits with that so that they can take advantage of uh, all of those different uh, investments that that SAP as a larger company is making. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that so that hopefully means that they while that took a uh, made things take a little bit longer than than what they had anticipated, particularly in the areas of onboarding and uh, with reporting uh, because of the delays due to the HANA migrations, that we should be picking up the pace now. And so hopefully, number one, we're going to see uh, the process uh, complete and that we're going to get reporting. It's uh, still officially uh, second half of 2019. I've heard that it's really going to come Q4 2019. But if it slips past that, that's a that's a really bad sign, in my opinion, because that's been uh, over two years in the making. So we want to make sure that that reporting stays on on track. And then second piece of that, just going forward, now that the re-architecture is taking place, we really hope to see some increased innovation pace. So it took, uh, you know, it's it's taking a long time for, for the big ticket items uh, that we've been waiting on to get delivered. Uh, again, onboarding is an, another example where it's been at least two years uh, from the original announcement to when they, when they really started uh, to when it's actually going to be rolled out. And so uh, in a cloud environment, that's too that that's taking too long. So hopefully, we're going to see things move a lot quicker now that now that the rearchitecture is taking place. And then finally, uh, hopefully, that will allow us to have the uh, uh, migration. You know, the the rearchitectures take place for things like uh, metadata framework for uh, EC as well as the rest of the uh, uh, of the suite as well. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my uh, wishes for 2019. Great, those are good ones. Good ones. Well, we'll check up. And uh, maybe we'll do like a mid-year check-in, right? We'll see how it's going. All right, so Martin, what are you looking forward to in 2019? What would you have your customers um, stay tuned into? Well, bear in mind we are on Europe side, so things are moving maybe a bit slower than uh, I would actually uh, wish for. But uh, I would see more integration with, uh, let's say, a focus on an integrated system, meaning that, less you know different dedicated area coming under one roof and for the moment what i've been actually working on is uh, the redesign of the user experience Mm -hmm. so beside all the functionality that you guys have listed i think there's been a tremendous amount of effort and time spent on the user experience because you know onboarding recruitment etc it's all about the uh, user you know using the functionality and between bracket having a good time so I look forward for another amazing year migrating those user experience and then digging out those functionality. Like uh, you mentioned uh, the payroll as well. There are some core area that have been hanging maybe for uh, quite a while now mm-hmm. that we would love to see live and we would love to have, let's say, also some visibility for the next, let's say, three to five years ahead of us. So that would be basically my, my forecast for at least the first six months. Um, and then, like we said, there is also a tremendous amount of reporting um, 
you know, beside the user uh, experience. So that's also something that people are quite looking for actually. Currently. Sure. Yeah, I know that SAP Cloud Analytics is a big topic as it relates to uh, success factors and you know fitting into the overall SAP Analytics ecosystem. Um, you know, so hopefully we'll see more of that come along too. And yeah, user experience always a big deal. Um, but you know, it's, it's a huge yeah, it's a yeah. huge deal. Sorry to cut you off. It's oh. a huge deal. I mean, I maybe have more visibility working on the side for SAP Education. So I actually see the people up front coming to ACP education trainings, and the primary focus, of course, for them is to uh, get you know their system up to speed, but also uh, boost the efficiency. Meaning they want to have specific dedicated reports, and they have uh, they want to have the best user experience. And of course, in the middle, there we are. We have to focus on uh, upgrading the functionality and making sure that they are state of the art. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good points. Good points. Okay, Luke. Yeah, so mine's going to be a little less uh, technology, only a little bit. Um, for 2019, it's more of a more of a wish, I guess, than a, than a forecast. You know, we've moved into now a, a, a kind of 24/7 connected world. Um, people spending mm -hmm. a lot of time at desks um, still after the, after the, um, financial recovery, um, of, well, what was, you know, quite, quite some years ago now, um, people are constantly connected to the devices. Email seems to be, you know, constant. Um, and just, just a little personal story. Um, you know, I, in the middle of last year, lost a, a friend who was in his late thirties, um, quite unexpectedly, um, and changed my perspective a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I've made some reevaluations, and, and and since I I made the decision to move back to Europe, and I've just moved back to uh, to Belgium, so I'm now in the same country as uh, as Martin, which I'm obviously very excited about. Um, but it also country. made me, yeah. <laughs> but it also made me think about, um, you know, that people spend maybe a little bit too much time at work, a little bit too much time focusing on some of the things that maybe a less important in life. You know, the people don't, I think, have enough work-life balance. Um, and we're seeing now mm -hmm. a trend more in, 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 in uh, the US than, say, in, in Europe or elsewhere right now with um, health and well-being. Um, but I think all these things tie together. Um, and, and I just want to remind people out there to um, try and have a, little, a, a bit more work-life balance, try to get away from the phone and the social media um, and the television, try to look after yourself, try to spend a bit more time with the friends and the loved ones that you have, um, because you never know when, when, when time might slip away. Um, and I think, you know, if you're in HR, think about how you can um, help enable your employees to have a bit more of that work-life balance, a bit more, a bit more um, healthy lifestyle, try to promote more well-being in, um, in your organization. Um, and try to enable them to be as productive as they can so that they don't need to spend a lot of time working so that they can get what, get the work done they need to get done, but also spend the time looking after themselves and being with their friends and with their family. Um, so mm -hmm. that's what I, that's, um, that's kind of my wish list for 2019 as opposed to, to, a, to a prediction. But if I had to tie a prediction to that, that and that is to, that we may start to see more of this, um, wellness and health and well-being applications come into play. Some more of these HR 
uh, policies and practices and processes come in place to enable this. And, and I'm hoping that that's going to be the, uh, the case throughout 2019 and beyond. Well, that's, that's a great perspective, Luke. Yeah, the work-life balance um, is, is huge, you know, and, you know, I think one of the interesting things as consultants, we get to work with a lot of different companies and we get to see how different companies uh, either um, are good at that or not so good at it. And I think one of the challenges we have also is, is people who run companies and run projects is to respect those work-life balance um, priorities on our own projects, right? I mean, it can be tempting when you're trying to meet a deadline to, you know, to push for it. Um, and, you know, everyone, you know, has to, to extend themselves every now and then. But um, I think as, as leaders in, in our companies and in our industries, uh, you know, we have a responsibility for that too. So Amy. I've been up working since five, so I'm not taking Luke's um, work-life balance. Um, uh, message very well, but uh, I'll learn. Yeah, no. So I, I hope that um, in 2019, people will uh, take care of themselves um, and take what Luke said to heart, because I think it's really important to evaluate what's important for you personally. Um, however, I predict that given the society that we live in, hyper-connected, um, super fast world, I, I don't have a lot of hope for that on a global basis, but hopefully individual people will um, will do that for themselves. Um, as for you know the world that we live in um, in our professional lives, I think um, you know I think that we're going to continue to see some consolidation um, in the the partner ecosphere. Um, you know, last year we had some some pretty big consolidations. You know, speaking as um, someone with a who, who is a partner on this small scale, um, you know, it's it SAP does not make it easy um, to uh, jump through their hoops. You know, so and you got everybody on this phone knows that. So, um, you know, I think that um, I totally echo Jarrett's comments about mm -hmm. um, there needs to be some cleanup in the market. Um, I just hope that, um, but I hope that the good partners stick around and uh, make it um, over some of those other partners that um, probably need to do some refocusing of their own to be kind, I guess. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, the direction that the product moves in. Um, you know, we've already discussed um, some of the changes in in key mm -hmm. partnerships, um, and just to see how SAP handles that with customers. Like you know, we implemented workforce software with Employee Central and Benefit Focus for a customer last year. Um, you know, just to kind of see how SAP handles that with customers that have been, or even even in um, process of implementing workforce right now. Um, and just I, you know, as somebody who is still out there configuring and implementing myself. I hope that they get some of these internal um, lack of integrations worked out because it's 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 still rough. I mean, it's come a long way, you know. It's since 2012, but um, there's still much work to do. Um, I'm looking forward to onboarding 2.0, and when that gets out there, I, I think you know it can't come soon enough in some respects. Um, so 
I don't know that I have any predictions. I have some things that I'd like to see happen. Um, and I did not have time to listen to what I said last year. Um, so I, I can't do a compare contrast and see how accurate I was. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just along for the ride right now. So <laughs> and, uh, and uh, hanging out with my dogs and having a good time. So yeah, so we'll see what 2019 brings. Yep. Well, those are those, that's good advice. Good perspective. Um, so from from my perspective for 2019, um, it's it's something I think that I've had every year, um, probably since 2000. Uh, you know, before podcasting, back even when I was uh, writing some blogs and and dipping my toes into S SCN. Um, one of the things I think that will continue to be an issue, um, and I, I'm going to owe Jarrett a dollar after I say this, is the Wild West partner ecosystem. Um, it is still out there. I mean, we we hoped that with Employee Central and success factors and the certification requirements that uh, this would be muted or toned down a bit. Unfortunately, it's, it's really not. Um, so just as, as it has been forever in this ecosystem, um, you have to uh, be very careful about the partners you select. You're going to have to do a good job of due diligence of your interviewing um, and your resource selection. Um, always remember that you don't have to take the consultant that the partner gives you. You can say that that person doesn't fit. I'm not comfortable with them anything like that and you know you can get different resources because they're you know that's not going to be the only resource out there for you um, so you can um, you do have some power over that you have some control uh, a lot of partners present it that um, you know they don't that, that the customer doesn't have that much choice but but they do so you do have the choice um, the it, it's just important as ever, um, to make sure you, you find good partners and good consultants for your project. Um, you know, if you get it started off on the right foot, you're going to finish better. So uh, that's my prediction for 2019. Um, and I hope that it is, um, I hope that it doesn't come true, but I think we'd be fooling ourselves if it, if we think that it's not going to be an issue. Yeah, no, and one thing I'd just like to add to that, Steve, is what I'm seeing a lot of as well out there is um, customers really have to be diligent when they do their statement of work because I'm seeing a lot of um, SIs specifically leave out core pieces of functionality and knowing that they're going to circle back around for a change order later on. It's not fair to the to the uh, to the SIs that are doing business mm -hmm. the right way. Good examples like one quote will have the payroll control center in it. One quote won't have the payroll control center in it. So those aren't really apples to apples. Mm -hmm. And I've seen three or four customers recently just been burned on that that factor alone. So, oh, when am I going to get that usability I saw in all the demos? Oh, that'll be an extra $150,000. Oh, wow. If I had known that, I would, I would have chosen, you know, another SI that already had that in their contract. So that's one. And I think it's hard sometimes for procurement um, to understand those type of things, especially when it comes to payroll, because there's just so many little nuances there. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that also sometimes it's tough for customers because there's a there's some trust that goes into it, um, sure. and so th that's just one big thing that I that I would recommend uh, customers look out yeah, for. For sure, 
Yeah, and I think Raven Intel, Jared, I'm I'm very positive on on that site and on that team. Uh, I think that they have an opportunity to make a, a huge difference, or at least make a dent, <laughs> at least make a dent, please, in in this uh, Wild West ecosystem that we have out there. So I really encourage people to go um, take a look at that. All right, so that is our podcast. Um, everyone, thanks for all of your um, contributions, all your perspectives and, and insights. Um, and just want to encourage customers and listeners, uh, if you have any questions for us, you can uh, leave a comment at the podcast page at insightscp.com slash insights. If you have ideas for uh, you know what you'd like for us to cover in the future podcast, leave it there for us too. Or, Drop us an email, or uh, it's really easy to find us. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see if we can cover those in the future. So, podcast team, thanks. You guys are awesome as always. Hope you have a great day. And uh, we'll uh, get another one of these in the, in the can soon. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.